The title of today's message is Contending for the Kingdom. If you need notes, just raise your hand. The ushers are walking around to give out notes for this message. Amen. Contending for the Kingdom. Hallelujah. Contending for the Kingdom. Praise God. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we come before you right now believing that you're going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask, think, or imagine. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you. God, I pray that you give your people a spirit of wisdom and revelation and enlighten the eyes of their understanding. Father, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive what you're doing. You've established the word of God in the heavens. Now, we ask you to establish it in our hearts and let the double-edged sword of the spirit, Father, do what it is only able to do, Father. Transform us and change us by the power of your spirit. Have your way. Be glorified and exalted. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray in all of God's people. Say it. Amen. amen and amen. Look at someone next to you. Say, we are contending for the kingdom. We are contending for the kingdom. The, amen. The word contending means to strive in opposition to someone or something. To strive in opposition to someone or something. We are contending on behalf of the kingdom of God and we are striving to oppose the kingdom of darkness. We are contending on behalf of the kingdom of God and we are striving in opposition to the kingdom of darkness. So when we come in the room, we're not asking the devil for permission if we can take over. We're taking over and we're kicking butt and we're taking names in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on now. Come on. Now. Listen, you need to get some Bustelo. Someone needs to wake up in this place. We're contending for the kingdom. Matthew eleven twelve says this, and from the time that John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. The kingdom of God has been forcefully advancing from the time of John the Baptist till now. So when we talk about contending for the kingdom, we're talking about the forceful advancement of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven into the earth, operating through the body of Christ or the church with the authority of Christ to establish his kingdom and make his reign and his rule known throughout all of creation. Amen. God has authorized the church. He has authorized us as the body of Christ to establish his kingdom. And I want to give you five aspects of contending for the kingdom that we need to know and to walk in for us to be effective in what we are called to do. Now, I don't know about you, but when I played football, I never stepped on the football field. And one of the terminologies for a football field is called the gridiron. Doesn't that sound rough and tumble? The gridiron. Every Every time that I stepped on the gridiron, I never stepped into a football field looking to be beaten by my opponent. Every time that I stepped on that football field, I said to myself, I'm about to give these boys work today. And they don't know what's coming at them, but I'm coming in like lightning. I'm striking everything that's in my way. And the Lord has called us to go in with power, with force and authority and to establish the kingdom and to, the, to establish his dominion and his rule in the earth. Amen. So I want to give you these five aspects 
about the kingdom of God that we need to understand if we are going to walk in the power that Jesus has authorized us to walk in. I believe that a lot of times the reason why the church is not doing and operating the way that it should be and not doing the things that they should be doing is because of the ignorance that we have of what God says belong to us. Because sometimes in ignorance, we give permission to things that we should not give permission to. And we allow things to happen that we should not allow. But when you understand who you are, who God's called us to be, what he's anointed us to do, the power he's called us to walk in, the glory that he has established for us to live and abide in, then we will begin to make an impact in the state of California in the way that revivals in history will have to write about the move of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that will reign and rule here on the West Coast. Can I give a good amen? Amen. Amen. So point number one, we need to understand what the kingdom of God consists of. We need to understand what does the kingdom of God consist of? What are the components of the kingdom? Number one, the kingdom of God consists of a king. Jesus Christ is the king of the kingdom of God. Secondly, the kingdom of God consists of citizens, which is the church or the body of Christ. We are the citizenship of the kingdom of God. Our king Jesus reigns and rules, and we are the citizens of the kingdom of God. Thirdly, his dominion is all of the earth and all of the heavens. Jesus Christ's rulership is all of the heavens and all of the earth. Psalms 24 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all people belong to him. So Jesus Christ does not have an identity crisis of what belongs to him. <laughs> He is very aware of what belongs to him. He says the heavens and the earth, all of it belongs to me. Amen. 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 Number two, we need to understand the laws that govern the kingdom of God. So we know who the king is. We know who the citizens are. And now we've established what is his rulership or his dominion or his domain. Now we need to understand the rules that govern the kingdom. The governing document of the kingdom of God is the word of God. It gives us the decrees, the laws, and the dictates of the kingdom. In Psalm 119.11, David says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He understood if I could get enough of the word of God inside of me, it would crowd out and push out any space where sin could operate and manifest in my life. Amen? Sometimes you need to get God's word in to push out anything that's renegade or foreign or against the plans and purposes of God in your life. When people are sinning against God or struggling with sin issues, I would say it is a lack of the word of God biding and dwelling in your heart. And we need to get to the place where we crowd out any place for sin to operate in our lives. Secondly, the Bible talks about we are transformed by the renewing of the mind. If your mind is broken and your thinking is broken, then you're going to act out of that brokenness. Mm. 
if your mind is broken and your thinking is broken, then you are going to act out of that brokenness. But if you understand the word of God and its renewing power, then you are transformed. This is California, a.k.a. Teslaville. I've seen more Teslas in the last two months than I've seen in my life. There are Teslas everywhere. Look at somebody say, you live in Teslaville. <laughs> the terminology is renewable energy sources the word of God is a renewable energy source for your mind the word of God is a renewable energy source for your thoughts the word of God is a renewable energy source for your actions so as you renew your mind with the word of God then it transforms and changes how you speak how you act and what you give permission to be around you mm. When you understand what your value is because you understand what the word of God says, then you will not give permission to something that devalues you. See, the one thing that I've learned here in Teslaville is that Teslas are not a cheap vehicle. If I want to get a $20,000 Mitsubishi, I can go over the Mitsubishi, but I cannot go to the Tesla dealership talking about, I got $20,000 to buy a vehicle. Mr. Elon Musk will say, Mr. John Smith, I'm sorry, but we don't roll like that. We understand our value, and your price tag must go up dramatically. And if you understand your value as a believer in Christ, you will not sell out cheap and give away that which is valuable to God. So the Bible is a renewable source for your mind. Psalm 119.89 says, Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in the heavens. The word of God has been established in the heavens. That's the reason why when I pray, I say, God, your word is established in the heavens. Now establish it here in our hearts. It has already have dominion in the heavens. We need to just bring down that eternal source to the earth and allow the impact of eternity to manifest in this world world that we live in Matthew 24 35 says heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away the word of God is eternal it's not optional look at someone next to you say it's not an option <laughs> don't let some goofball person on the internet try to persuade you out of the word of God talking about that was written by man or there's errors and mistakes in there listen the word of God is eternal the Bible, Jesus said that heaven and earth is going to disappear but the word of God is going to last forever you trying to do a recycling program to save something that's not going to be here maybe a couple of hundred years from now and God says my word is eternal you don't want to read it because you want to Netflix you better get your mind right and let the word of God transform and change you I wanted to put a terminology on that other end of that Netflix but I said no don't go there amen I'm gonna be a good boy today heaven and earth will pass away but God's word will never pass away we need to let the power of eternity impact earth Heaven has the greatest authority, and that's the reason why in, the, in Matthew, Jesus said, let your kingdom come and your will be done where? On earth, On earth as it is where? Yeah. 
because he understood the perfection of God exists in heaven. And if you can get what exists in heaven down to earth, then earth will be transformed. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in so if we can get heaven down to earth, then earth will be transformed. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There's no sin in heaven. There's no devil in heaven. There's only God, his reign, and his rule in heaven. We just need to get heaven down to earth. The third aspect of contending for the kingdom is understanding that we have opposition to the kingdom. There's opposition to the kingdom. Revelations 12, 7 through 9 says this. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the devil lost the battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. I need to tell you, the Bible just said that the dragon lost the battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. God is not fighting the devil as an equal adversary. God is defeating the devil as a defeated foe. When we talk, oh, the devil ain't messing with me again. Pastor, the devil messing with me. Then you need to kick him out the same way that Jesus kicked him out and take authority over your situation and stop letting some unclean spirit harass you and say, devil, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Look at somebody next to you and say, don't let the devil play with you. <laughs> don't play with me, devil. You better let them know, devil, I'll bust you in your head. You don't know. <laughs> It says, in the great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to earth with his angels. He is defeated because the one who had the power to defeat him, defeated him. But Jesus didn't stop there. Say, there's more. Then he empowered his church to carry out the same authority that defeated him in heaven. We've been given that here in the earth so that now we can defeat him here in the earth. So God kicked his behind in heaven and now we can kick his behind on the earth because we've been anointed and empowered with the same authority that Jesus operated in. I always tell people that you don't have to wish to, for what Jesus had because Jesus did not give Holy Spirit light version he gave you the same holy spirit that he operated and walked in when he did his ministry on the earth that's the same holy spirit that we've been empowered with in new orleans we had this crew this is crazy they were doing a voodoo ceremony in the a graveyard a block away from our church, like in the middle of the day, it's Saturday at 10 a.m., they literally, they had the dead animal, they had the skull, they had bones, 
They had blood squirted all over someone's grave at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning when they should have been eating beignets and cafe au lait. They're out there killing stuff and doing a voodoo ceremony. And we found out about it because one of the animals that they massacred got into someone's backyard that was coming to our church that bordered the, the graveyard, and they told us about it. And we found out, we said, enough, this is our neighborhood. They're not bringing this hoodoo, voodoo stuff up in our neighborhood, bewitching and beguiling the people in this neighborhood. And all the people in the neighborhood were scared because they knew what was going on. And they found out that the pastors from House of Prayer was going to that graveyard that Saturday to do something about it. Pastor Liz and I went out there. We, We went out there, and this guy was so goofy. He was like, hey, man, how you doing, buddy? said, what's going on? He said, is this your first voodoo ceremony? <laughs> True story. Did he not say that? I said, this dude is out of his mind. <laughs> I said, he, look at somebody say, he didn't know. Yeah. We came to wreck the party. Yeah. We came to wreck the entire party. <laughs> they did their thing, and afterwards we prayed. And we started binding and rebuking every demon spirit and the voodoo, hoodoo, voodoo that they was doing out there. And we started coming against it. And then we told the church, we said, listen, y'all, these people are in our neighborhood doing voodoo on a Saturday. They're so comfortable worshiping the devil. They're doing a voodoo ceremony on a Saturday morning in the middle of our neighborhood, a slap in our face. I said, what are we going to do about it? We began fasting and praying and coming against that. And from that day forward, for the rest of that year and the next couple of years, they never came back to that graveyard to do another voodoo ceremony again. Which moves me into point number four. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So we need to understand that we have authority in the kingdom of God. We have authority in the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ is the king of the kingdom, and he has given the citizens of his kingdom, the church, authority to dominate the earth and establish his rule and his dominion. The reason why stuff is happening here in California is because the church is allowing and giving permission to the enemy to operate. And when we decide enough is enough, you are evicted. You can no longer operate with the nonsense that you've been floating around California with. You got to go. See, I understand what the problem is. They got all this beautiful sun, and the devil want to hang out on the coast and the mountain and the beaches. But he got to go. No, 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 you got to go. I know California's beautiful, devil. You can't stay. You got to go. See, when we decide as a church to exercise the authority that Jesus has given us, and we stop giving permission, because when we asked the young lady in New Orleans, we said, how long? Have they been coming out here? She says, they've been coming out here every Saturday for two months. I said, why didn't you tell us something? Everybody was scared. Nobody wanted to do nothing about it. Everybody, oh my God, the voodoo people. (laughs) The Bible says one can set a thousand to flight, two can set ten thousand. 
So I figured they, they, they had the crew. Don't get me wrong. They had a little mob out there. It wasn't like two or three people. They had about 20 people out there doing the ceremony. But I said, you know what? Me and my wife, we got 20,000 on us alone. So, I mean, they don't have a chance. What if Harvest Church and the churches of Elk Grove, Sacramento, and this Northern California region rose up and said, devil, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. You have to go, and we are not asking you. We are telling you you got to roll, and God will begin to do something in California that history will have to write about because God's people are taking their rightful place and doing what they've been called and anointed to do. You might say I passed it crazy. <laughs> a little bit, praise God. I, I own it, I'll take it. But I'm not scared. I've seen what God can do in impossible circumstances. I've seen God move at Mardi Gras. I've seen God confront atheists and Satan worshipers and devil worshipers and terror card. I've seen God bust them up in the middle of their festivals. We would go into their festivals and snatch people out. We would go in their festivals and bring people to salvation. We would go to their festivals and prophesy to them. We would go into their festivals and say, you know what? You can't have New Orleans. Get your mind right and get out because this city belongs to Jesus. Amen. How much more when the church of California rises up and said, this state belongs to Jesus. The superintendent over Northern California, Nevada, said we have too many of our people leaving California to move to Florida, to Texas, and to Tennessee. You better look at somebody and say, don't get ran out of your house. Come on, somebody. I wish somebody would come roll up in my crib and tell me I got to go somewhere. Please, please. Let me cut up and act a fool in my own house. I just need one reason, not a good reason, just one reason. <laughs> you better not let the devil run you out of your state. You were born and raised here, second, third, fourth, fifth generation, and the devil's running you out of your state. Oh, come on. Come on. You better look at somebody and say, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> now, the gas prices might run you out of the state. <laughs> that might get you to go. <laughs> Don't let the devil run you out, amen. <laughs> Praise God. Matthew 16, 19 says this. It says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. You have authority and dominion. God literally have, he's given you the key. And he says, whatever you allow in California is what will happen. And whatever you disallow in California, it will stop happening. 
I'm going to say that again. Jesus, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who was, who is, and who is to come, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, said, I have given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you give permission to exist on earth will exist, and whatever you say cannot exist will stop existing. You've been given the keys to the kingdom. I don't know if you understand the power of a key, but a key locks and it unlocks. It locks and it unlocks. A key says you have permission to go in, or a key says no, you cannot enter. You have been given the keys to the kingdom. And he, he, he's releasing authority and power to the church. Number five, the fifth component of contending for the kingdom is understand the mission of the kingdom. Understand the mission of the kingdom. Psalm 2.8 says, only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the whole earth as your possession. Jesus didn't say beg, plead, cry. He said, just ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the whole earth as your possession. Why not ask God for Sacramento, for Elk Grove and for the capital to be his inheritance and why not ask him that California would become his possession? Amen. Amen. I believe that we've been praying prayers that's way too small for God to answer. It's not that God can't answer prayer, but you're not even giving God something juicy enough to sink his teeth in. You ever been to dinner with somebody and they gave you like a little something, something, a little un ching ching, a little like little... A ching ching. A little ching ching. I don't want a ching ching. I want a steak. I know so half of y'all, we are in California, so half of you don't eat meat, but that's okay. Bring your steaks to me. I got your back. I got you. I will eat all of your steaks. Praise God. God says, give me something that I can sink my teeth into. He said, I will give you the nations as your inheritance. He didn't say a town, a city, a region. He said, I will give you an entire nation if you just ask. God says, pray prayers that will move me off of my throne that I can respond to. We're upset because our coworker is bothering us and giving us a hard time. And we spend an hour in prayer, Jesus. Lord, they busted my chops, Jesus. I don't like it, Jesus. God says, come, come back. How about ask me for some nations? How about ask me to take over entire countries? Come back then, and then we can start making something happen. Mm. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given you all authority in heaven and on earth. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always to the end of the age. He says, go and make disciples of nations. I'm sending you to go and take over nations. You know what's so amazing to me? That Jesus picked 12 people. He picked 12 people and said, go, take over the world and establish my kingdom. With 12 people, he didn't raise up an army. He didn't say, I need 100,000, 200,000, half a million. He said, look, 12 guys, none of y'all been to seminary, none of you are trained, you're fishermen, you're tax collectors, you're radicals, go out. I've taught you for three and a half years. They didn't go through 10, 20 years. He said, three and a half years of training, go out and take over the world. That's how much confidence he had in the power that he released to the disciples to bring the gospel with the authority and the anointing of God to the earth to take over nations. My God, that is weak. Are you for real? Ten years ago, I got hired at Audi of New Orleans, and one of my close friends, Clay Morey, Clay, if you're watching this, I'm shouting you out. I love you. It's going to sting a little bit. Because <laughs> when he looked at my resume, it says preacher, pastor, and he was like, oh, you're trying to come into the car business and you're a preacher? And he literally, he looked me in my face, he said, I don't think you could survive here. I don't think you could make it here. <laughs> He told me that. He was very honest because he was the, the hiring sales manager and it was his final decision of whether I would be hired or not. He said, I don't think you could make it here. See, but what he saw was a resume that says preacher and stuff, but he didn't know that the kingdom of God was dwelling on the inside of me and that there was anointing that he couldn't see. He didn't know that there was angels backing me with swords of flame and fire that could step into that, that dealership and start taking stuff over. And I remember I pulled him in within less than a couple of months of working there. And I said, hey, is this manager and this manager coming against? you said he closed his door said how do you know that I said the Holy Spirit showed me that they're trying to sabotage you and cause you to get fired here at this place and he said brother can you pray for me (laughs) the same guy that told me I don't think you can make it here and when I left that dealership he pulled me in his office and he broke down and cried and he said I don't know how I can make it here without you (sighs) because he saw When the kingdom of God went into a godless heathen dealership, how the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, when it grows, it grows into a tree that's so big that the birds can perch in its branches. The kingdom of God may go in as a small thing, but the dominion power of the kingdom of God has the authority to spread and to take over. And God's trying to get his church and he's trying to get his people to say, I am contending for the kingdom of God 
and God is backing me with the kingdom. And if I would take the authority he has given me, it doesn't matter where God plants me. I am going to thrive and prosper and his name is going to be known and people will experience the power of his glory wherever he sends me. I feel like God's trying to break the spirit of passivity off of the California church and put something in you that you know wherever he drops you, you can make an impact. I'm going to say it again. God's trying to break the spirit of passivity off the California church to let you know wherever you go, God can use you to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Not for your glory, not for your namesake, but for the kingdom of God. If you would say, God, I want to be your vessel at my work. I want to be your vessel at my school, at my college. I want to be your vessel in the region, the area, my wherever God has put you, God will begin to anoint you give you dreams and visions he will begin to empower you and use you in a glorious way to make a difference for the kingdom of God wherever he sends you right before we left New Orleans a year before the director for the 911 center for the entire city of New Orleans New Orleans metropolitan city we met him and he pulled me into his headquarters and he showed me the whole 911 operation and their connection with the entire sheriff and police force of the city of New Orleans, all of this high-tech FBI equipment. And I thought to myself, and I saw several of the press conferences happen in that building when they're reporting on the state and condition of the city of New Orleans. And I thought to myself, I was like, God, how in the world am I in this building? Why is it like he's really like the number three guy because he controls even the law enforcement dispatch throughout the city? I said, how am I in this building? And the Lord was like, I'm putting you in places that you understand the authority and the anointing that's increasing on your life. I will bring you in places that you can speak into the ear and have influence of people who is controlling how the city operates and what happens. I believe there are people in this room that God's trying to say, I want to put you in those places so that you can influence those places for the kingdom of God. Look, I'm going to keep preaching until you get this thing. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Stop allowing the devil to harass and torment you your neighborhood, your community. I believe the Lord says he needs people with the spirit of David that will say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the living God? What is this unclean spirit in Sac County that's coming against my community, my, my county, and my region? What's this unclean spirit that's opposing the state of California and trying to perpetuate depravity instead of the kingdom of God? You need to rise up in the spirit of David and say enough is enough. I know you come against me with a sword and a spear, but I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord my God. And I know God has anointed me to defeat you. Worship team, you can come up. I know you think it's big talk. 
I know, it's all good. But see, this is what you don't realize. Every hurricane that passed through New Orleans, every time that we faced a tragedy, God would always ask me, son, what are you going to do now? Are you going to run or are you going to stand? Are you going to fold when you face hardships or are you going to rise up with the anointing I placed on your life? And I literally was telling some of my spiritual sons yesterday, I said there were times where I was sitting in the sanctuary of house of prayer and I literally would declare out loud, I said, devil, you've thrown the kitchen sink at me, but you will not break me. You will not get me to quit and I will not back down. One of us, you're going to have to kill me to stop me, but you're not going to get me to quit. And I guess he must have been like, this dude just won't die, so I'm going to have to leave you alone. Sometimes you got to outlast what the enemy is doing, amen? Young people, as you go to school, stop succumbing to what's happening around you. You got the spirit of God in you. Begin praying before you go to school. God, touch my schoolmates. Touch the people in my school. Lord, let them know that you are real, that they don't have to take their lives and quit and give up because they feel hopeless. You have the authority to shift your entire classroom and your school because of the spirit of God that's in you. People who work in the government and government buildings... The Bible said, just like Abraham, everywhere your feet tread, God will give you authority. He will give it to you. When you're walking through those government buildings, you need to say, Lord, I declare in Jesus' name that righteous legislation would happen in this building. I don't care what rules and regulations they have, but God, as my feet are walking through this building, I take authority and dominion in the name of Jesus, and I declare every unclean spirit that has walked these halls to go and that the kingdom of God would be established in this place because the feet of a child of God is walking through this building. I'm going to tell you one more little quick story. My mom is a principal. You can be seated for a sec. My mother's a principal, but before she became the principal of her school, she got tested. They sent her to an alternative school. And the alternative school was the school when they kicked all the bad, they had the kids in the behavior disorder classes. When they got kicked out of behavior disorder, they got sent to her school. That's how, I mean, kids off the chain. I mean, they had some kids, they had literally one adult for one kid. That was the level of monitoring they had to give because some of the kids were off the chain that bad. And there was a room that sometimes they had to put the kids in when they would become violent and they would just let them, you know, rage. And then once they calmed down, then they could let them out of the room. And my mom would tell me the atrocities that would happen in that room. And she asked me, she said, son, can you come into this room and pray? Because they do all kinds of stuff. And there was markers and derogatory things on the walls they, they would write. <laughs> I went in there with some anointing oil. I anointed that room. I said, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. I rebuke every unclean spirit that's in this room. That these kids are made. They were demonic manifestation. I rebuke every demonic manifestation that happens in this room. And my mom said, the next week, 
She said when, when it was time to let the kid go in the room, they would beg, please don't send me into the room. And when they would go in, she said they would just calm down. They would sit down and just chill out. Wherever your feet tread, he's giving you authority. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. All God needs is a handful of people that will say, I believe the word of God, and I'm going to put the word to action, and I'm going to see God bring a victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus has given us authority and the backing of heaven to expand the kingdom of God into California and worldwide. We must, however, choose to exercise the authority of Christ over Satan, sin, sickness, and the lostness of sinners. If we do so, we will see the kingdom of God forcefully advancing through the earth and saving those in this lost and dying world. I did not move here all the way from the Bayou State. I didn't leave my jambalaya, my gumbo, my red beans and rice. I didn't leave them good beignets. I didn't leave my cafe au lait to come to California to play patty cake. But God told me there was going to be a revival and a move of God in the state of California. And I came here because I believe there's some people in this place and some come people on. in this state that's come ready on. to contend for the kingdom of God. Come on. I believe there's some people that's ready to contend for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, if you believe that, let's just right now in these last 30 seconds, we're going to give a call to call. But let's just thank God and believe God. Let's just, yeah, let's go there for a minute. Father, lift up your hands and begin to pray. If you come in agreement with what Pastor John just said, that you believe that there's a move of God coming to this state, not just to this state, to this house, Harvest Church. Let's begin to contend. Right now, our theme is contending for the kingdom. Well, guess what? We're contending for a move of God and we're contending for revival. Open your mouth. This is your time to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, join me, Harvest Church. We are believing. We are believing for a move of God. We're believing, Father God, not because we just thought about it one day, because it's your promise. It is your promise. You have said it, Father God. You have declared it. You have decreed it, Father God. And Lord, we will contend for it. We will contend for it. We will contend for it through prayer, through fasting through aligning ourselves, Father God, according to your will, walking in your ways, kicking out the sin in our life, beating this flesh, Father God, picking up, Father God, our weapons of warfare that are not carnal but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Can somebody pray? I don't hear any, I don't hear you. Can somebody pray in the Holy Ghost in this house? Can we pray? Jesus, Jesus, let your people get a hold, Father God, of what you want to do right here in their midst, oh God. Lord, you're looking for a body, God, not just one, two, the entire house, God. And we could all just jump in and get on one accord and in one mind, 
What would you do, Father God, with an army of the living God? Can we pray? 30 seconds. Come on. Open your mouth. Come on, let's lift our, our voices before the Lord and cry out to him right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, cry out for your job. Cry out for your work. Cry out for your school. Cry out for your family. Come cry out for your lost kids. Cry out for your lost relatives. Cry out for those who are in addiction. Cry out. Come on, let's believe God that he's going to transform Jesus. and change some people's lives. We know that our God is faithful. We know that our God is able. Lord, come and manifest the kingdom, Lord God, here in California. Come and manifest your kingdom, Jesus, Lord God, in Sacramento. We believe you, God. We cry out for our children right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, cry out for the prodigals. We cry out, Father God, for our sons, our daughters. In the name of Jesus, we believe you at your word, that you're not a liar, that you said the whole household shall be saved. We believe you, God, that you're able, that there's nothing impossible. We cry out for our classmates. Lord, they're cutting themselves. They're killing themselves. They're harming themselves.
If you think the enemy is going to allow your family and your household to walk in victory with no adversity, you're fooling yourself. Because my Bible and your Bible says he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I think sometimes in church we just think, it was so everybody jumped into the worship. It amazed me. Y'all jumped into worship. But how about the prayer? The warrior. God, God's gonna raise, God needs to raise up some warriors in this house. He, we're gonna train you. It was easy to worship. Oh, that was easy. You had the band. Y'all jumped in. Pray. Press. If you don't know what to say, there's one word you can say and there's one name. His name is Jesus. I just want to say this. I want to make it very clear. If you think the enemy is just going to allow you to have the victory, thank you. In your family, at your workplace, come on, in this church, you're kidding yourself. We're kidding ourselves. There's an aspect where we know we have the victory. It was already won in the grave, but we must grab a hold of it. We must go after it. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor Elizabeth? Prayer, fasting, denying this flesh, coming to the house of God, being faithful, not gossiping, guarding our tongue. That's how. We contend for the kingdom and the promise and we receive it. The enemy is not just going to give it to you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to take you out. If you're doing anything significant for the kingdom of God, his assignment is to take you out. But we say no, not on our watch. Come on, you got two generals here that are going to fight. Not on our watch. Not on our watch. And God is saying, Harvest Church, wake up. I want to do something great in your midst. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? You're not going to receive it by sitting back casual and letting someone else pray. Oh, oh, and coming only those to go pray. That's your thing. No, no, no. It's the kingdom of God's thing. It's our thing. thing. It why. is our thing. Prayer is not for a select few who think you got some anointing. No, 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 no. We're called to pray the church. And if you're saved, you're part of the church. Pastor John, I'm sneaking a preach. I'm so sorry. Go take it, baby. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get it, boo-boo. But it is our responsibility, not the pastors, not the anointed prayer warriors to pray. You pray. You press, you do the work, you deny your flesh, you fast, you, while you're looking someone else to do it for you, you do it, he's anointed you, he's giving you the keys, he's giving you authority, you grab a hold of the promise, wait for someone else to do your work, what? No, don't work that way. Who's tired of getting beat up? Anybody tired of getting slapped around? Come on, it's over. Take the authority. And that being said, if you're here and you're saying, I hear you screaming and all of that, 
but I'm not part of this kingdom and I want to become part of the kingdom because you don't have no keys and no authority if you're not part of the kingdom. I've disconnected with my father and I want to come back home. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to be part of this kingdom. Anyone in this house that's saying, thank you, sister, come up, come up. Thank you. Is anyone in this house that's saying, you know what? I've walked away from the Lord. I have not been all in. I've been just kind of casually. If there's anyone else, don't be shy. Come, bang, bang. It's okay. Anyone else? Come up, sir. That's you. Come up. Yeah, don't be shy. Come. I want to pray with you. You don't have any authority if you're not part of the kingdom. You can sit back and play church and think, and then you know what the enemy will say? I know, I know, Paul, I know, oh, but who are you? No authority. Don't be shy. It's okay. I got you. We're going to pray for you. Now, I want to give this call for those who say, I'm just tired. I've allowed, I literally have allowed the enemy to take my keys, but I'm taking my keys back today. If that's you, come to this altar. If that's you, come to this altar. We want to pray that God, anyone in this house that just has, so all of you have been walking in the power and the might of God and you got victory all over. There's nobody here who's laid their keys down and have said, wow, I need to take my authority back. I've just been allowing things to happen. Everyone, thank you. Thank you. Some, we got some honest people. Thank you, Jordan. I know out of all of you. My God, help us, Jesus. my God. After this altar call, I don't want anybody moving. We're not going to, you're not going to come in when you feel like it. It don't work like that. No. You got to learn something here. When God gives a call, he wants to do something now. It's not when you feel like it, when you get comfortable or when you let somebody, no, no. God's speaking to you. Once we stop this altar call, I don't want anyone coming up anymore. We're going to learn some things. When God is moving and God is speaking, you move quickly and swiftly. Not because I said it, because he wants to do something. And sometimes he just moves like this, and it's done. This is not embarrassing. This is being honest with yourself. I've answered this altar call many a times. I've allowed the enemy. Back in the day, come on. And even in the present, you can kind of get comfortable sometimes. Amen. We could just line them from. We're just going to believe God. I thank God for some honest people in the house. You're going to get your keys back. You're going to walk in the power of God. You're going to walk in the might of God. You're going to walk in the fullness of God. Can we make one straight light, straight them out, brother? Thank you. We're going to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. No more. This is where you're serving the enemy notice. No more, Satan. Will you take authority in my life? I no longer give you authority in my life. Some of you men are watching pornography. You've allowed God. God don't want me to call anyone out, but God will show you things in the house. You've allowed your eyes to watch things you have no business watching. You should be at this altar. You've allowed the enemy some keys. And God's saying, I'm not condemning you. I want to free you. It's the love of God that draws man to repentance. And you're watching it and it's not okay because you're wrecking your marriage. Women of God, come on. It goes both ways. Emotional affair. Emotional affair. Well, I'm not doing anything. No, no, but you're all in it. 
emotionally. God wants to heal us today. This is what this is about. This is about nothing and no shaming anyone. That's not who we are. The love of God draws man to repentance. But you know, it starts with truth and honesty. I pray you get this today. I pray you get this because I know that there's so much more. No one else moving. It's it. It's done right there. I need just the oversight just to line up. No one else coming up to this altar. This is it. Don't ever miss the opportunity to be set free. If I'm on this platform and I need to answer the altar call, I'll be the first one. I will never be ashamed because I'm going to have to stand in front of my daddy and say, what happened, girl? You needed, the, you needed that. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Titles don't matter to the Lord. He, he's looking at the heart. He's looking at your sincerity. He's looking at if you're truthful. You're struggling and you're bound and you don't want... What are people thinking? Forget about the people. This is your moment with the Lord. No looking around. For those that are over here, just extend your hands to these. Right here, these who've come up, just lift up your hands and begin to cry out. You know why you're here. You know what keys you've given Satan in your life. You know maybe just your weariness and your tiredness and you just got comfortable. And God is saying today, he's giving you the keys back. The keys of authority. To keep the keys to walk in the fullness of who he's called you to be. Begin to pray. Come on, y'all. Let's start praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Stop praying. Lift up your hands to the Lord. He's about to free you right now. He's about to set you free. Ask him. Forgive. Ask, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for giving the keys. Forgive me for not walking in who I know I'm supposed to be. Forgive me for being shy on that campus and not opening my mouth when I was supposed to tell somebody about Jesus. Lord, I want to walk in your power. I want to walk in your mind. I want to walk in your authority because you've given it to me. Authority doesn't come from man. It comes from God and it has the ability to break every stronghold in people's lives and he's given it to you today. Grab a hold of it right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. I need y'all to pray. Let the chains fall off today. 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 Pray, pray, pray. Right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Can we pray for these up front? Who are saying I need today? We break those chains. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I don't want no singing. Just you can play though. Let's just play. You can play. Father, in the name of Jesus, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we break every chain, Father God. We break every chain, Lord. We break every chain. We break every chain. We say there's freedom in the house. 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 In the name of Jesus.